Hello, my name is Jason and welcome to DesignCast. It's a podcast where I interview a wide range of guests and ask the question, how do you design education? Why is this important? Students all learn differently and need varied teaching methods to be successful. It is more important now than ever to accommodate and personalize education for all students as much as possible. I use my 25 years of experience as an educator to ask questions and to learn about the exciting things people are doing to provide for all students and their unique perspectives. Each episode, I chat with guests from all over the world, from classroom teachers, authors, consultants, and beyond. We chat around a range of topics that we feel are important right now. Will you join me in this journey to learn and grow together? If it's your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to check it out. If you like this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, and download from your preferred podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by new listeners. Also, please use the hashtag DesignCast when discussing your thoughts and feedback on your favorite social media platform. To connect with me, I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. So let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm just so happy to have Dr. Darren Peppered here with me today. Darren, how are you this morning, man? Man, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me in. Yeah, thank you. I am just so excited that we were able to connect and and chat about all things education. I'm so, so excited to hear what you have to share. And so, Darren, uh, for those people who are listening who are not familiar with your work, can you just give me a quick, you know, one or two minute introduction to the kinds of things yeah. that you have done to lead you to this journey to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So um, I spent, man, I spent 26 years in public education and was probably the least likely person to go into education. Uh, when I finished high school, the last thing I would have ever told you I would do is ultimately be a middle school and high school teacher and a high school principal and a school superintendent. But uh, as it turns out, that's that's what my calling ended up being. And uh, you know, I enjoyed every bit of it. I uh, loved being a middle school teacher, loved being a high school teacher. I was a head basketball coach. I was a head tennis coach and uh, really enjoyed all of my time as a school and district level administrator. Um, I identify honestly, Jason, as a recovering high school principal. Um, probably my favorite <laughs> role all the way through uh, was being a high school principal. It was just an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, I got to be my daughter's high school principal, which was a really cool experience. And uh, now, now I am a speaker and a leadership coach and run a small publishing company called Road to Awesome. Uh, we publish education books uh, by educators for educators. So um, that that's what I'm doing now. And I'm just, honestly, I'm just a traveler on the road to awesome, man. That's that's who I am. I love that, man. I, I think before we were, before we hit record, we were talking about our, our uh, travel stories. And I think it's great that there's yeah. an analogy there, I'm sure, <laughs> with that as well. And, and how yeah, roads are never what we always expect, right? So tell me about right. this work that you're doing. So you, you're a leadership coach. What does that yeah. entail? Like who, who reaches out to you? How does that all work? Yeah. So I work with, I work with leadership teams. I work with individual leaders, whether, whether they're building level leaders or district level leaders. And I'll be honest with you, it goes back to my experience as a school leader. 
uh, my first year as the building principal. So I had been the assistant principal in that same building and I moved 40 feet down the hallway to the principal's office and oh my goodness, I could not have been any less prepared for that job. And uh, fortunately, my second year, we had a new superintendent and he believed real strongly in leadership coaching and he hired coaches for all of our building level administrators. And I mean, it just completely changed me. Um, you know, it took me from just being a firefighter, you know, running from, you know, running from crisis to crisis to actually somebody who could lead the building. And so now when I work with individual leaders and leadership teams, we talk a lot about number one, gaining that clarity around what really matters, uh, what really is impactful and what are the things that they and their school community value uh, so that we can make sure that we're aligning our behaviors, our time allocations, those types of things to be really intentional around doing the work that is ultimately going to impact student outcomes. So um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of conversation. It is a lot of me asking questions and getting leaders to reflect deeply around what it is that they care about, um, how they are allocating their time, you know, how they are focusing their efforts to ensure that you know, our teachers are successful, which means that our students are successful. So um, it, it's a wonderful process. It's something that I truly enjoy doing. And really, it's, it's something that's very meaningful. So I'm just, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to do it. And, you know, that I have, you know, the experiences that I have that, you know, kind of put me in a position to, to support others. Um, I'll tell you this, this is maybe the best way to describe it. Um, we, we are uniquely positioned to help the person that we weren't once were. And I was that school leader who was struggling, who couldn't get their head above water. And so um, my work is to be that lifeline to help those leaders keep their heads above water and to really be effective as, as school and district leaders. So as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, I bet you have all kinds of crazy stories about <laughs> stuff you've come across. Oh yeah. What's the, what's the one thing you found to be, probably the most common thing that comes up in your coaching sessions? Like, is there one thing that you just find all leaders or the majority of the leaders you work with either struggle with or aren't or unaware of, or just aren't equipped to do? Is there one thing or, or a group, group of things that you come across like that? Uh, there, there's definitely a common theme. And I think a big part of it is just like in almost anything, we can get so caught up in the work that we lose sight of the work. Um, I call it balcony level leadership. You know, we have to be able mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. um, step up on the balcony and really take a look at, you know, where are we focusing our efforts? Uh, because so many leaders, especially early career leaders, get kind of kind of just tied up in trying to solve everybody's problems because it's it's like that's what we believe being the leader means is I have to have the answer to everything. <laughs> I have to solve everybody's right. problems. I have to I have to be the smartest person in the room and in reality the very best leaders are the ones that can migrate their leadership from you know leading from the front, leading from the middle and leading from the back. So understanding situational leadership and understanding that as a leader, the best thing we can do to help others is to help others learn how to solve their own problems, mm. how to mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. willing to take a chance on something, knowing that they have support. 
And yeah, so many of the leaders that I work with, they're just running frantic. They're just, again, they're chasing fires just like I used to. And they're not <laughs> at the point where, you know, they can actually step away from, from firefighting and actually leading in their schools. And a big part of that leading in your schools is you got to embrace that role as the instructional leader. You've got to be that person who's visible, who's in the classroom with your teachers, who's in those meetings with teachers. You know, I mean, if, if you're going to be a data-driven school, then as a leader, you need to understand that data. You don't have to live every mm -hmm. second of it, but you at least need to be in there and have a pulse on it. And it, all of that really comes back to one thing. I mean, you asked me for, for that one common theme, and that's time allocation. Um, you know, we, oh, we, okay. get, we get so lost sometimes, I think, in the all the stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> as a school leader, there's a lot of stuff that has to get done. <laughs> and yes. it's like we chase stuff instead of leading. And it's not that the stuff doesn't need to get done. It does. But if we're really smart with how we allocate our time and focus on those things that really are impactful and step up on the balcony periodically and check on ourselves, okay, how am I doing? That right there is is a game changer for leaders. That's great. I, I kind of suspected something like that. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you've you've made it much clearer to me. And, uh, you know, I think I've, I've known a lot of really good leaders. I've been very fortunate to work with and work for people who were really gifted leaders, and I made it look effortless. And then I've also had the misfortune of working with folks who were out of their depth. And uh, it was, yeah. it's so different to see the way they try to handle things. And you're right. They were trying to solve everyone's problem or even sometimes created <laughs> problems on their own. <laughs> you know, that's what well said. They, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so well, how do you, well, how do you help, how do you help folks get through that? You know, I think the, the biggest piece is being kind of that third point perspective. So, um, you know, when we have the opportunity to just, in essence, it's like as a basketball coach, I would always go to the videotape. You know, we videoed everything. We videoed practice. We videoed games, the whole thing. And that video is kind of that third point perspective. You know, a kid might say, well, you know, no, I did this in this situation. And I might remember it from the sideline is, no, I think you did this, but the tape doesn't lie. As a coach, I'm kind of like that videotape you know, where I have the opportunity mm. to just provide, you know, some perspective and again, ask mm -hmm. a lot of good questions, you know, mm -hmm. um, so often leaders will, you know, they'll reach out because they, they have unlimited access to me. I mean, we do regular check-ins and I'm on site and all that kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, I'll mm -hmm. get a text message or a phone call and somebody's like, you know, Hey, you know, I've got this situation, you know, you know, what do you think I should do? And I don't tell them what to do. You know, I always answer that mm. question with a question. Tell me what you think you'd like to do, you know, and let's really talk it through. So mm. the best, the best thing that a coach can do is provide perspective and ask good mm -hmm. questions and mm. allow the individual to really think things through. Because mm. Mm. when we make mistakes, it's because we don't think things through. We just, we just react. And right. having somebody who's been there has done that and, you know, has lots of experience in it. Um, just simply asking, you know, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? Um, mm. and, and ultimately, yeah, there are times where something comes up. Yep. I've already lived that. You know, after asking some questions, Hey, you know, <laughs> I had a similar situation. This is kind of how I handled it. 
here are the things that went right. well, here are the things that didn't go well. So, you know, mm-hmm. they had the opportunity to also learn from, from my experiences, not just have me ask them a bunch of questions. So, um, right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's like anything else, man. It's, it's relationships, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. You build that trusting relationship between the coach and the leader and all of a sudden it becomes, you know, Hey, I've got somebody who's a good sounding board for me. I've got somebody right. who, who I can reach out to and say, ah, man, I'm really struggling with this. And, mm. you know, I think it helps to, to reduce the, the feeling of loneliness. Cause man, being the, uh, being the leader can be, <laughs> can be lonely, <laughs> you know? Yes. So. I was just about to say that Darren, how about how people, if you're first time leader, you don't realize how lonely it's going to be oh man. Uh, because of the, the the critical friend factor and all that kind of stuff, yep. especially if you're promoted from within, right? Where you've still got friends on the yeah. ground and now you're having to make decisions. It's a oh, very lonely so true, place. Man. So how do you, how do you address yeah. that when someone's struggling with that? I heard it very early in my career. Um, actually a principal that I worked under uh, as, uh, as an assistant principal had told me once that one of the best ways to look at yourself as the leader um, is you're not you're not one of them, but you are one with them. Uh, meaning a, l- a little bit deeper there that mm-hmm. you know I, I can I can be around my teachers, I can be around my my leadership team, but understand that in my role there is just a touch of separation there. But don't create so much separation that you've lost touch with the people around you. Because just, Mm. I I just said it a minute ago, but I'll say it again. I mean, that also is all about relationships. You know, people Mm -hmm. don't follow Mm -hmm. you because of your title. They follow you because they believe in you. They follow you Mm. because they trust you, you know, and they don't follow you when they don't trust you or when they don't have a Mm -hmm. chance to get to know you or to see you as a human being. So, so certainly being, you know, being one with, your staff, um, it's there's there's a fine art there. There really is in, yeah. in striking that balance. But mm. at the same time, you know, you don't want to be aloof or distant. Um, I mean, you've probably mm-hmm. worked mm-hmm. around leaders like that too. I, I mean, I did as well, where <laughs> you feel like, man, <laughs> this person doesn't even care about me. You know, they don't even know who I right. am. I, I worked right. under a superintendent as a teacher who, I'll be honest with you, anywhere in town that people went, if that guy was there, Nobody even knew who he was. I mean, he was doing nothing mm. to to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it is really striking a balance where, you know, you do build those friendships and relationships, but yet mm. maintain an understanding of, hey, I, I still have a role that that right. I need to fill. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Thank you. That's some wonderful advice because I think again, there's such a balance. Um, to separate and not separate <laughs> at the same time yeah. uh, when you're talking it's about tough. that. And so it's really hard. And a lot of people never get to that point. Um, they, they go one direction or the other, unfortunately, and then they retire <laughs> or they leave. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Darren, let's say you've, you've been working with a, a person or a team for a while and, and you're, you're working through these kinds of issues and then you want to get into something a little deeper with them, like creating, yeah. a more positive culture or moving towards a, some change. How do you, how do you yeah. go about doing that so that it benefits students and the community? 
So uh, you just hit on one of the most important pieces. Um, I actually, I talk about this in my book, the, the six things that I felt were the most important as a school leader. And number one is building that positive school culture and climate. And, you know, you go about that again, not to keep, not to keep banging on this drum, but relationships and, you know, building trust and really being visible. But it's also about, you know, as a leader, what are you looking for and how do you model that for others? Um, I, I think this is another area sometimes that that leaders will struggle, and ultimately it leads to it leads to some negative culture, which inhibits any kind of any kind of positive change, and that's just being clear on on what do you care about. You know, we talked about that a couple of minutes ago, but understanding and having that clarity around what really matters in the school is not just about you know allocating your time to it, but then it's also about making sure that as a collective school team, you know, teachers, cafeteria workers, custodians, paraprofessional secretaries, I mean, everybody is focused on the same thing and we're looking for the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I'll give you a quick story to help help maybe explain this um, and, and how that led to some pretty incredible change. The school where where I ultimately became principal, when I first got there as an assistant principal, we were toxic. I don't think we knew it, but we were toxic. Um, we were all about catching people doing things wrong. That's like, that was our important thing. Let's, let's focus on, you know, what people do wrong and then let's use punishment to gain compliance. And I don't think anybody ever spoke those words, but that's exactly what we were doing, you know, and fortunately for us, there was a moment where, you know, kind of some clarity hit. We were in, we were in a really important staff meeting and we were trying to solve what we thought were just the most important problems in education, you know, what we were going to do about hats and what we were going to do about cell phones. And uh, in that meeting, <laughs> finally, somebody was like, oh my God, Darren, why does it always have to be about what they do wrong? Why can't it be about what they do right? And for me, it was kind of this moment of extreme clarity. And so I started to show up a little differently and started looking for the positives, started looking for those things that really mattered, the things we wanted to see. And over time as a school, we kind of migrated to really looking for the things we wanted to see. And then we recognized and rewarded and reinforced those behaviors, those academics, those, you know, the attendance. I mean, those things that we were really wanting to see, they're there. We just had to be looking for them. And, you know, that that's something I push really hard with folks. It's just, what is it you're really looking for? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm a Jeep guy and, you know, before I bought a Jeep, Jason, I'm telling you, I never saw a Jeep on the road. Now I see it everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. I'm I'm, everywhere. Oh my gosh. Everybody's got a Jeep. And (laughs) it's not because I'm a trendsetter and, you know, and, you know, bought, you know, bought a Jeep nine years ago. Now everybody's got one. It's because that's what I'm looking for. You know, that's why I see them, you know, I mean, if, you know. If I was driving a different car, I'd probably see those all the time, you know, but what, what I, I use that analogy for this reason, what we are looking for, we will find. And so as we're working to build positive culture, we have to train our mind and really focus on having a mindset around looking for the positive things. And then just mm-hmm. really recognizing and rewarding and reinforcing those things. Because when we do that, you know, e- even our kids who most that we see, you know, have have challenging behaviors, those are attention getting behaviors. But if I can get attention through the positive things, it's a good chance I might start doing the positive things too. 
So mm-hmm. it completely changed our school environment. And, and it took, it took some time, but over, over a period of time, our graduation rates went way up. Academics went way up. Attendance went way up because we were focusing on the positives. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we're, when we're looking at any kind of a change initiative, change requires, change requires a couple of key things. And, and the first thing that it requires, honestly, is trust. You know, if, if our staff doesn't trust in the leadership, whatever change effective we try to, or whatever change effect we try to put in place is not going to be successful. Um, it requires positive culture. If we, if we have a culture where people don't feel like they have a voice, where they, they feel, you know, they don't feel seen or heard or valued or trusted, odds of, of a change being successful are pretty slim. Um, and then the third thing is purpose, you know, so often, man, we're so bad at this in education. We chase the next shiny object. I actually just wrote a blog post about this. Um, and sometimes it's just simply for the, the sake of, ooh, look at this. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But if we're not clear on the purpose for that change, if we haven't given our staff a voice and helped them to see and believe in this change, it's not going to be another successful change. Um, I worked in a district, Jason, where our curriculum director, every time he went to a conference, man, we cringed because we knew he was going to come back with something new. <laughs> and, and I am not exaggerating. I'm seriously not exaggerating when I tell you this. We had 13 initiatives in the air all at once. And oh my our teachers would just say, oh my gosh, Darren, uh, when do I just get to teach? You know, I mean, I got to do this and I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. It has nothing to do with the material that my students are supposed to know. I mean, we just, we we're trying to do so much. And every time he'd add mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. Our, our assessment scores would go down and he would say, well, <laughs> it's just an implementation dip. And dude, it's not an implementation mm-hmm. dip. It was a culture gap. Mm-hmm. We, our teachers right. saw no purpose in it. There was no connection. There was no buy-in. They had no voice. Even as school leaders, we were like, why are we doing this? But, you know, I, I think I'm kind of chasing squirrels here on, on your question. But when no, we, it's actually OK, when we are <laughs> good. Well, good. I'm glad, you know, it's still early here. You know, I just finished a cup of coffee and maybe it's starting to make some sense. But um, I, I just really feel strongly that having a culture where that voice is heard having a culture where people feel like they're actually part of something special and they understand the direction they mm-hmm. own the the vision and the mission of the school mm-hmm. that leads to the opportunity for positive change but when we just change mm-hmm. for the sake of change it's going to change but it's not going to change the way we want it to yeah. that's that's for sure correct that's that's amazing I, I i really appreciate you sharing that that was extremely eloquent uh thank you Thank you for that. And, uh, wow. you know, I was, extremely as you eloquent. were talking, I like that. extremely yeah. eloquent. That was that first cup of coffee, man. It's Jeff. <laughs> right on. I know. I had, giddy up. Yeah. <laughs> but as I was, uh, I was told many, many, many years ago by a person in leadership that you can't turn a fully loaded ocean liner around in five minutes. It takes a long <laughs> yeah. time, one direction, one de- degree at a time. And it made me think about that as you were talking. And, and then I, I train a lot of 
teachers and educators from around the world. And the one thing I always say is that good teaching is good teaching. And that all these other yes. things like Amen. you mentioned are initiatives and things like that, they can be good in certain circumstances, but you need to be tested and true and make sure that well, your final outcome, these skills, these these content, these concepts you want students to know, that they're actually still coming across, right? So I think it's right. great that we have new things happening, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. um, you know, we turned out okay. <laughs> I'm not saying well, that's yeah. a great reason yeah. to, to do it that way because I think kids learn yeah. differently than we did. But at the same time, good teaching is good teaching. And 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 tr teachers who are truly called to be teachers, you know, they're passionate. It's personal to them. It's not just a job, right? And so I think that that's yeah. what we have to remember as leaders particularly is that when we – talk about something very businesslike, it's not always going to be very popular <laughs> because people are very personally attached to what they do. Uh, and so that's yeah. great, man. The work you're doing is awesome. So Darren, if somebody wanted that. to do this, they, they, let's say someone's been teaching a while or they've been a leader a while and they've decided they want to make a career shift. What kind of things do you do to prepare yourself to do the kind of job you're doing now? Oh man, that is such a good question. Um, you know, I think it, I think it starts small. Uh, for me, you know, I made the jump full time into this, into this work in, uh, 2021 in July of 2021, but I had actually started doing this in 2018. So I, I think a big mm -hmm. part of it is get your feet into the water a little bit and discover what it is that, that you really enjoy and start to get a little bit of experience doing that work. Um, I, my first, uh, leadership coaching contract was, I, uh, well, I'm certain it was 2018, 2019, uh, just working with one high school principal and, you know, spending a, you know, a few days during the course of that year on site with that person, um, you know, r regular check-ins and, and some of that kind of stuff. And the same thing is true with, with the speaking piece, you know, find every opportunity you can to, to speak. Uh, being on podcasts yeah. is a, is a good example. You mm. know, I mean, it's an opportunity yep. to share your message, to just kind of talk about the things that you're really passionate about. And it also gives you an opportunity to continue to refine that message. Um, you know, again, absolutely broken record. It's a relationships game and, sure. you know, lean on, lean on those people who, you know, and don't, don't expect a bunch of people from the outside to just all of a sudden start calling because you throw your shingle out, <laughs> you know, you really, you begin Absolutely. by, by talking with people, you know, yes, continue yes. to grow your platform, um, and continue to put out really good content. I mean, I, Correct. I, you know, I'm a podcaster like you, Jason, I, I have a podcast that drops every Sunday and I have a blog that drops once a week. Um, you know, it's a lot of it is, you know, you have to build your brand, you have to build your reputation Absolutely. and, you know, over time, your message becomes really clear. And that's probably mm. about the point in time when you're ready to step out and do that full time. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I have a hard time sometimes explaining to younger people <laughs> that you don't become a YouTuber overnight, right? Like that no. the people you see who were successful, they have been in the groove for years, creating and yes. working and failing and picking themselves up. And I mean, I think about in podcasting, um, getting a hundred episodes, uh, you know, 
there's very, very, very few podcasts in your niche that get to that point, right? And right. it's really important that you keep pushing that, like you said, you refine that message. It's not like you're going to wake up one morning and everyone knows who you are, um, even though I think they should. Right. <laughs> it's not always the case, right? right. So yeah. I, I totally no, agree, but I think it does depend a lot on this cross-promotion type stuff and this, this collaboration yes. more than anything else with each other. And so I think it's great that we're both um, in this community and able to support and and celebrate each other and it's great just just chatting with you man this is so much fun i know we could go all day but i have um one question to ask you darren that i've asked everybody all season and that is if you could travel back in time what would you tell your younger self man that is such a good question if i could go back in time oh man i'm gonna say i'd go all the way back to uh when i very first started teaching and i would probably I would probably tell myself the same thing I've said five or six times already in this episode. And that is, you know, never lose sight of the fact that this is a relationship business. Um, we are in the people business. That's, that's what we do. Our product is a human being period. And you know, the work you're going to put into them, you're really pouring into their heart and never ever forget that. If you can focus on building relationships and be successful with connecting on a human level, the content, the leadership, all of that stuff will take care of itself on its own. If you can just simply remember that, that we are Mm. in the people business and it's all about a human experience. That's fine words. Thank you, Darren, for sharing that. And I know that people who are, who will follow behind us will appreciate the wisdom that you've shared with that, man. I I really appreciate that. So listen, Darren, if people want to get in touch with you and learn about either your books or your you know, connecting with you for whatever reason, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I'll give you two. So uh, the website is roadtoawesome.net. And there's, there's a contact us link on every single page sign up for our newsletter. Uh, You can learn everything that you need to learn about road to awesome uh, on our website. If you're a social media person at Darren M. Peppard on every platform, you can find me on, oh man, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving some out. Um, YouTube, Voxer. man. I've been watching I'm all YouTube over the place. Videos. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I'm all <laughs> over the place. So, well, congrats for grabbing your name on all of those platforms because that's not always easy <laughs> to be able to get your name uh, <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> for true. all of those. That is true. <laughs> so, good job on that one. You got in there early. That's awesome. Well, listen, Darren, this is awesome. And I have just tremendously enjoyed connecting with you. And I want to wish you the best moving forward. And I can't wait to connect with you again. So, thank you so much. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate this. It was really great to have an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with you. And I definitely look forward to, um, you know, extending the opportunity to bring you on to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. And we'll <laughs> take this conversation from another angle. I will make sure that those are all linked in the show notes. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you so much, right Darren. On. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. Again, I'm Jason. I am the creator and host and one-man band when it comes to this podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. And please share it with your colleagues and friends and help me network with those folks who you think will benefit from listening to this podcast. 
If you own a company or you have connections where you would like to partner with me in this podcast, whether it be sponsorship or product reviews or any other possible services, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes and I cannot wait to hear from you. I only do this because I love talking to people and I love sharing my passion with all the listeners. So if you are interested in possibly being a future guest, please reach out and get in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. I really want to hear about how this podcast and its guests are helping you become better or to enrich your lives. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be good to one another. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.